Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. You are now listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the OG bad boys of Bigfoot, the Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive of Squatchology, the Chip and Dale of Bigfoot, and I'm not talking about the cartoon. Please welcome your hosts, the Bigfoot celebrity couple, Biff Clobo, better known as Cliff Berrickman and James Bobo Pay. Oh, the museum's going to right, man. Um, we got the exhibit halls open, which has been a long time coming. And, uh, you know, it's the off season right now. Fall and spring are supposedly the slow season right now uh, because, you know, on the way to Mount Hood, everybody passes by during the summer for camping and the winter for skiing. So right, right. now there's not much going on in the mountains. So, but we're still keeping our heads above water, which is nice. And, uh, and the, the reception has been great. I mean, you know, Google and all that jazz has given us five stars. Everybody keeps weighing in and saying nice things about it. Um, probably one out of a hundred people say something kind of negative, you know, like, like, but the, the, the negative things they're saying aren't that bad. Like, uh, when Melissa was in, she told me this past weekend, I was out of town with you in Texas, but, um, when Melissa was working the shop, some, somebody came in and went and paid to get in the back room and stuff. And when they came out, they said, you know, I went in and it looked really small, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well that's cool. But, but then he went on to say, yeah, but then I started reading the stuff, reading the displays and then I realized, my God, there's a lot of information in here. And I, so we felt better about that. So his one negativity was actually, uh, even though it's not all that negative, you know, we use our space wisely, that his one semi-negative comment was counteracted by something positive. And that dude was in there for uh, apparently an hour and 15 minutes. So I think he got more than his money's worth. So. Oh, yeah. It's half the yeah. price of the movie ticket. Yeah, yeah, it's eight bucks. You know, like six bucks for kids under 12. You know, so I don't know. I, I think it's fair. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that we priced it appropriately because I could, I don't know, I could probably charge 15 for it or something. That's what movies are, right? Um, but, uh, 10, 12 or 10, 12, 15 bucks. But the thing is, I want people to come back. And at eight bucks, that's really affordable, I feel. So uh, they might come back on another empty weekend. They got nothing to do for a couple hours on a Sunday. Um, and then they'll see that, oh yeah, it's not the same museum. They changed things around. There's a new movie playing. There's a new recording up. There's new casts on the wall. There's a, there's a whole new display about whatever. And then they'll say, oh, maybe if I keep you, on coming back, there'll always be something new, which there will be. And you're, you're expanding into not just Bigfoot, but all cryptozoology, right? Yeah, yeah, we're slowly going to start heading that direction. But you know what? There's just, I mean, you know how I am, man. There's just so many more Bigfoot artifacts in my life. Um, I, it's it's really hard to get a sea serpent artifact, for example. <laughs> right. I'll bring you I'll bring you a cup of water from the cloud for a K moss exhibit. <laughs> okay, very good. Oh, that's something we blew. We should have got water from Loch Ness, man, when we were there. Right. That, that would have been cool. But you know, I do have a couple things on, uh, on in line here. Uh, um, rumor has it, you know, if everything goes right and I'm lucky, uh, I might be uh, might be uh, able to get a full sized, real deal coelacanth mount. 
Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lauren Coleman has one in his museum, and it is beautiful. This And this is a different fish because, you know, a lot of those fish mounts, they just, like, take a mold of one fish, uh, you know, like some marlin or something like that or sailfish, and then the, um, the fish artist um, uses that one mold no matter what the real fish you caught is. You know, if it's close enough, it's close enough, and they use it, um, and they, they paint it. But this is actually a different mold from what Lawrence is. So that's going to be really cool to have. And it's not like Lawrence is battering. That's not what I'm saying at all. But just the fact that it's a different one, I think that in itself is cool. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, what are you going to get? Like, what kind of dog man artifacts do you get? What kind of chupacabra oh. artifacts? You know, I mean, there's not much. No, no. But, you know, if I can get out there and do some on-site investigations about these sort of things, um, which, you know, I might be able to do at some point. Um, maybe I can pull, like, you know, get a hair sample or something, you know, or, uh, one of the chupacabras, like, I don't know, man, I'd take a couple clippings of hair off there and compare them to coyote. I've always wondered, you know, um, I've heard there's a dog man footprint out there somewhere. Someone casted heard, one of these. I've heard that too. And then someone showed me a supposed dog man photo in Texas this week. No kidding. Really? I didn't well, think they had them down there. Oh yeah, they got. Them oh there. yeah, they, they got, got a lot. Them, they got. They just. That's been a few sightings in Texas. That's one critter I don't want to see. I'm with you, Danny. I totally am. Those things scare the hell out of me. And I think if I see one, I'll quit Bigfoot hunt. They're supposedly canine photos the size of dinner plates, um, but I have not seen them. And then all the, I've seen the supposed dog man photos, and a lot of it. I mean, especially what I've seen this, you know, I saw actually a couple of, I saw a few different supposed dog man photos this weekend, but there was more like a roar shock test, you know? Oh yeah. Like a blob squatch, but, uh, the dog man. Yeah. But the one was actually a trip, you know, it's a game cam photo. It's right up on the camera and it looks like it has a snout and eyes and, but it's, it's just odd shape. It's not like a, not like, not what people describe or they have drawn by artists, you know, but it was, it's, it was bizarre. Hey, Danny, you got your ear to the ground out there and you're part of the country. Um, do, do you hear about these dog men or, or what do you, I mean, what, what are they, what's that word? Uh, uh, yeah. You hear about those things down there often or occasionally or ever? I've, I've never personally heard a story, you know, I, I listen to it on, you know, YouTube, but I, I, I've never actually heard a story of, of the Rougarou, which I live in North Louisiana. You know, I think, I think most of the sightings are, or, or South Louisiana. Now, is that, uh, you think that's uh, um, a part of the culture more? You know, like kind of going along in the middle, little bit, little, how, how do I say this? Like, do you, do you think that's a function of the people or a function of the habitat? Like, when I say people, I think like the culture down in Southern Louisiana, you know, it's a little bit more like, like, I don't know, what's the word magical? Like, cause like the voodoo influence down there and like the superstitions and, and all that sort of stuff. Do you think it has something to do with that? Or do you think it's different habitat or what, what's your take on that? I don't think it's the habitat to be honest with you. I think it's more the people because really? they, they're, I mean, yeah, but, but it's hard to say. I mean, there's dogman sightings in East Texas, you know, uh, I heard a story around here. I didn't actually talk to him, but I heard that there was a dog man 40 miles south of Shreveport on a, on a ranch. Uh, hmm. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know that much of, you know, about that. I just, like I said, I don't want to know. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm scared to death of that thing, man. I don't want to see it. Uh, I've done heard too many, or you know, I, I guess I listen to YouTube too much. You know, I've heard too many 
too many where you can shoot it, but you can't hurt it. And I, I don't want to deal with nothing like that. You know, I don't no. want anything in the first place, but when you shoot something and can't hurt it, yeah, I, I don't want to be around that. Yeah. Oh, he's got a cool story that his uh, grandpa told him about his brothers, his great uncles. What kind of story is it, Danny? Well, uh, you know, like I said, I, I was, I, I grew up, I, I grew up knowing about Bigfoot and, and my uncles, you know, they were born, my, well, my, my grandfather and his brothers, they were born on a houseboat. They, they didn't see their first town until, you know, they were teenagers. And uh, they lived in the swamps, and they were born on a houseboat and lived on a river. And they were poor. I mean, they there wasn't no grocery stores. It wasn't nothing like that. Uh, so they were commercial fishermen. That's how they made their living. So what they would do is they couldn't afford to buy a boat. Uh, they would they would hike up current on the river. Uh, it would be there was three of them, and they would hike up current, find a big cypress tree, and cut it down and hull it out. And it may take a month. They may be gone a month. Well, you know they they did that record. But one trip they uh, I think you said it was like the second week into the trip, and, and they brought their guns, and because they didn't bring a lot of food, they they killed. They killed food on the way, and uh, they 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 felt a thunderstorm or whatever coming, and um, there was a there was a large hollow dead cypress tree on the on the ground, and it was they said it was about about sixty foot long, and said it was hollow on both ends. It was hollow, you know, it was a hollow on both ends, but it still hadn't it was dead, but it still had meat in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? So uh, they said that they, they seen the thunderstorm coming, so they they. They all piled in the end of the log, and uh, they said they heard something during the night. You know, besides the thunder, they said they could hear something little like the log was moving or, or whatever. And they they said they smelt something funky. Well, they thought maybe it was just a possum, maracoon, or whatever. So after the storm uh, thunderstorm cleared out and then, uh, and it got a little bit daylight, they uh, they were going to eat whatever was that was in the end of that log. So they go down to the end of the log and they start kicking the log and they said it was a, they didn't call them Bigfoot. They called them wild people. And uh, they said she was about five foot tall, had breast. She come out of the end of that log and uh, they seen her and they went one way and she went the other. But they said that uh, she looked more human than, than she did gorilla. And they always thought, and this is how my family, they were not real smart. And, uh, they thought that they were just people who lived in the woods that just grew hair. They didn't know nothing about no Bigfoot. They just thought they were just wild people who just lived in the woods their whole life. But they actually seen the feet. They seen about a five-foot uh, Bigfoot. That uh, was, I think, in 42 or 43. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's yeah. a great story. It dates back. Yeah, it dates back. My grandfather first seen one, and uh, I think his first one was in 36. When he was 10 years old, uh, he, he was told to go pick some pears out of a pear tree. But when he got there, it was he said, my grandfather said this was a big one. He said he was about eight foot, that there was a big, you know, black, I mean, a black hair wild man uh, eating the pears out of the same tree. He was supposed to go get some pears. He didn't make it to that tree, but uh, that was the first time he seen him. But he, it's been in my family ever since I, you know, it's never not been in my family. 
Yeah, you know, so, just in in defense of your family too, you mentioned that they weren't too smart because they just thought it was a person who grew hair. Uh, back then in the '40s, there was no frame of reference. That's I think what most people would probably. I mean, you look at all the historic newspaper accounts from the 1800s on, and they're saying, yeah, that there were wild men out there. We don't know where he came from, blah, but he has hair all over his body. And they always described him just like your family did. So um, I, I, in defense of your family, I don't think that's a stupid thing to say at all. I think that's just contextual. You don't know, you don't know my family, clearly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. We're not real smart. I was, I was surprised Bobo even wanted me to be on this podcast. I plumped English twice. You know, I, I said y'all must be scraping the bottom of the barrel to put a Dupont on your on your uh, pot. His family they were so heavily they they still have to go get English as a second language when they go to school because they're all so Cajun. Oh well, I hung out with the with the Duponts. I remember you well. I I, I have no problem with any of y'all. So yeah, even houses of learned men called them wild men back then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's all sorts of intelligences as well, man. There's not a lot more than book smart in this world. I mean, look where oh, the yeah. book look yeah. where the book smart people have gotten us today. We're all screwed, you know? <laughs> well, they can survive, that's for sure. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. The meek they shall can, inherit the earth. When, when the crap goes down, you find a dupot, he'll survive. <laughs> I'll make a beeline to Shreveport and come find you on yeah. the bayou, man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Do you remember make- me? Save my ass. I was on Finding Bigfoot. You remember me. <laughs> nice. Hey, so, you know, uh, this is Bigfoot and Beyond, um, and you've heard a uh, dogman story. What other weird stuff have you picked up through the years, like weird creatures that might be living out there or weird ghostly things or just, just like so, tell us some of the weirdest stuff you've ever heard or seen or experienced or yourself? Oh, man, my family's got some ghost stories, Cliff. That's I bet they do. Ghost yeah, uh, in fact, there's one that's that was four witnesses, and uh, they were drinking, but that you know, but they were they always drinking, so you know, it, it that's a difference, <laughs> you know. Uh, they were camping on the river one night, and uh, this was this wasn't my great uncle's, this was my uncle's of now, this was probably in the 60s, and uh, they were on the river one night, and they like I said, they, they, you know, they drank in their beer or whatever, you know, just sitting around a campfire and they seen, uh, what they called, uh, the white lady and, uh, said she had a white gown on and she was floating across red river and four of them seen them, seen her. And they, they got in the boat and they, they, they left. It scared them. But we used to see coffins. Uh, sticking out of the banks of the river, you know, uh, I guess there was graveyards there or whatever, but I have actually personally seen coffins uh, stick out the bank of a, of, of a bluff on Red River. No kidding. Uh, yeah. Uh, my grandfather, he said on one of his uh, voyages up, um, th- this is what, this is kind of spooky. Uh, it wasn't a ghost or it's not a Bigfoot, but it's really spooky. Yeah. Uh, uh, on one of his voyages, uh, you know, to go build a boat or whatever. And uh, he said that uh, another thunderstorm, they always try to find shelter during a thunderstorm. And uh, so he had run into this. They, for some reason, there was an old building. Okay. So he knew where it was at and they had been there before. And it, here's the thunderstorm, you know. So he 
him and his brother goes in there and, and it's lightning. And uh, I think it was actually an old church. I'm sorry. It, it was an old church. And uh, it was thundering and lightning. And he says, every time that it would uh, lightning, seen an old gray-haired woman sitting in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it <laughs> come to find out she had escaped from somewhere or or some mental ward or something in the area. But yeah, that, that, that would kind of freak me out because you're in this building and every time you see light and you see an old gray haired woman in a, <laughs> in a white robe that's sitting in the corner, you know, they, they left. And uh, I think yeah. they actually reported it and they come to find out, you know, they thought it was a ghost, but it was actually a, you know, a mental patient, but you know, that's, they shot her. Uh, <laughs> good, good, that okay. like uh, it was a ghost coming at me. <laughs> yeah, but no. Wait, so I'm, there really was there actually was a person in there. It actually real was a real person, and they thought it was a ghost. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, you know that scary. that's that. I don't know which one's scarier. I really don't. That both of the things are horrifying. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you the best one. Say the best one for last. This is my grandfather. <laughs> my grandfather. You know, he started. He started. Uh, he started driving when he, he come to Shreveport when he was 12 years old. He was driving. Well, before that, I think he was 10 years old. His, uh, they lived on a long dirt road. And uh, his daddy, his daddy was sick. And my grandfather was driving an old truck. He said he was doing about 25 miles an hour. And uh, he was, you know, throwing a, a little bit of, of dust up. But he said he looked behind him and there's just a, a wad of dust. And, uh... Like I said, his dad was his, my great grandfather, he was sick. So my, my grandfather kind of pulled over because he knew somebody was coming behind him, but he couldn't figure out what was coming that fast because that was pretty fast back then. And, uh, you know, on a dirt road. And he said, what come by, he'll never forget. He said it was, uh, you know, back then they on the hearse, they, they had the horse and carriage hearse, right? Mm-hmm. He said, a, a, a horse, he said it was four horses. A driver in a carriage, black carriage, come by him. But he said, "What spooked him is, is it wasn't touching the ground, and <laughs> it wasn't. It was a ghost." When he got home, his his daddy was dead. It was, it oh it, yeah yeah. It was some kind of sign. I don't know. That's what he thinks it was. Uh, but he said it, the the horse and carriage come by and it wasn't touching the ground when he when he stopped it wasn't touching the ground but it was still throwing up dirt and uh, which don't make much sense to me but he swears by it, and I gotta believe my grandfather and but he said when he got home that his dad was dead but there wasn't no carriage around. Wow. Yeah, that was weird. That that, that I mean that man's been telling that story to to his grandkids for. Huh. you know, for, for 60, 70 years. I mean, I don't think somebody would just make something like that up. And he didn't, he, you know, he's 10 years old, you know, I'm sure he's seen stuff, but if, if the carriage and the, and was there, he would have seen it at his house. Yeah. Because it was a dead end road, went to his house, but there was no carriage there, but the carriage come around him while he was in his truck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can do without all that stuff. But it's there. What are you going to do with it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but when you guys were fishing at night, would you do your night fishing? You ever seen nothing weird in the water or nothing? 
No, never seen any too much in the water. Now I did. I I, I did have a, a, a. I had a twenty pound boulder thrown at me and a reporter. I I I, I used to fish. Uh, oh, I'm actually still. I'm a guide, fishing guide on Cattle Lake and Red River. And I had a reporter that was uh, like his third day on the job, and uh, the Bassmasters was coming to town for a, you know a Bassmasters tournament. Well, the reporter wanted to go out on the lake. I mean, on the on the river. Well, actually, twelve mile bayou, the same bayou that I took you guys down in Finding Bigfoot. And they uh, wanted to get shots, you know, do a story on the on the upcoming tournament. So I took the reporter out, and we were going up twelve mile bayou. And we was in the middle of the bayou. You seen how wide the bayou is? It's it's pretty wide. All of a sudden, we see about a twenty pound rock. That's the best. I mean, it was a twenty pound rock come flying and hit right behind the boat. Whatever made that throw I had to throw it seventy five yards, from what I could tell, or I would have seen it. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, that's. Was that daytime? That was in daytime. And what was, you know, and and the reporter was going to actually write about it. And that was a that was a Friday evening, okay? And he's actually going to write about this rock because I told him, I said, well, it can make that throw. But Sunday morning, he didn't have enough pictures. So he walks down to Red River on one of those rock jetties. Right. And he falls in the river and he drowns. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. I, he dies, yeah, uh, uh, two days after. He never got a chance to write it about the fishing or the rock coming through the air. So now we see a ghost with a pen and paper. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> One of those Clark Kent hats on. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, you, you're a guide or a fishing guide. Um, yes. What, what do you make of those rumors? Because um, I was – in, on the Texas at the Texas Bigfoot Conference, Chester Moore was down there, and I think Chester back in the day used to go looking around for giant, giant, giant catfish. Um, right. What are your thoughts on the like the way abnormally large catfish that are reported to lurk in the waters in your part of the country? I know for sure they get to 114 pounds because we caught them that big. Oh golly, how big is 114? Like what? What are the? How long is that fish? No, 114. No, oh. Catfish is 114. Big. Now, we've caught alligator gar that was nine foot long that weighed 325 pounds. Uh, oh, but man. as far as catfish, uh, I think 114 is the best my family's ever done. You know, and that's uh, in, a, in a net, you know, not on a rod and reel. I mean, you're talking, he, he's, he's, he's five foot long, man. You know, so wow. I think where somebody sees something that big and, 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 uh, and think they can actually eat you because they're, you'll see the size of their mouth. They're pretty good size. Yeah, they'll, they'll eat anything. Those things are monsters. Yeah, but I catch a lot of catfish. In fact, uh, my, my daughter got my daughter got uh, married this year, and I had to feed the bunch. So I said, well, I'm going catfish. And uh, Cody and I caught a 60-pounder right behind the house. So there's some big catfish. Yeah, and a lot of them too. I remember when we were on the property there for finding Bigfoot, there was a boat literally full of catfish. I yeah, caught yeah. that day. Or, well, they had they had the big fish market on the edge of town on the north side of Shreveport. That's what this family did. So, for eighty five years, they stocked their own fish store there. So they, anyway, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, 
do you think there's like two or 300 pound catfish out there somewhere like Cato Lake, the, the darkest no. holes? No, I don't personally, uh, Cliff. I don't, not here. I don't think there's a 200 pounder. Uh, really? No, I don't because like, well, why I say that is I think that if anybody's going to catch one, it's going to be my family. And I have 85, 90 years to catch one, the biggest one we've caught because these guys fish every day. This is what they do. They fish. You go to work every day. That's what they do every day of their life. They Even when it's raining, it's cold. You can't miss a day fishing. You got to run your nets. If they ain't caught a 200-pounder, there ain't one in there. I, I do believe that. I believe that, too. What's yeah. the record, like the Mekong Delta, the Mekong catfish, was it like 560 pounds or something? I don't know, but... Yeah, I think the Amazon has got a 500-pound catfish. Maybe, Six, yeah. 646 pounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, this right here says nearly nine feet long and as big as a grizzly bear. Um, it tipped the scales at 646 pounds. That could eat a person. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> yeah, they probably would too. Yeah, and the Vietnamese aren't a big people either. No. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I'm glad those don't live here. Yeah. Another another thing I'm glad doesn't exist here. Then again, you know, I said that about you know dogmen. I hope they don't exist. That's what I should say about I that. I hope they don't either, Cliff. But man, there's just so many believable stories out there. I know. I mean, it's just I don't see if, if these people are lying, they need to be in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to see one. I don't, I don't. That's my biggest fear to see a dogman. I don't want to see one. Yeah, you know, being a little, as a little boy, I, I loved monster movies, but the Wolfman stuff, the werewolves always really scared me bad. And I think that's probably part of the reason I got interested in the Bigfoot thing back then, too, is because they were kind of like big, they're kind of like Wolfmen in a way, but not really um, close enough that I felt a little safer, perhaps. Yeah, but so to think that there might actually be real Wolfmen walking around, you know, these dogmen things, it's the last thing I want to encounter in the woods. Okay, cool. Yeah, so tonight we're heading back out. We're going to that tent of that property on Caddo where the, the Bigfoot threw the air conditioner in the house and all that kind of stuff. We're going to go there and spend the night. we got the holes cut in it still. It sounds crazy to say. I, I didn't think they got over 10 foot, but the thing we saw was about 11 foot, so we're going to go back and see that. Go to that spot and therm there, so we got two more nights of therm before I got to go home. Nice, nice. And uh, what's the most recent activity that uh, you've heard out of there recently, Danny? I heard today. I heard it, uh, well, yesterday, that the landowner seen the five-footer yesterday. Uh, but wow. it, was on, it was on the other side. of uh, It was across the street. And uh, But, yeah, she told she texted me last night and said that he, that he peaks. He, but she said that she that he seen the five-footer yesterday peeking at him from across the street at 4 p.m. No kidding. Yes. Wow. So you're fresh on the trail then. We're fresh on the trail. They're back. So I think we're getting some good action tonight, man. I, I really hope we do. Um, we're going to bring the peanut butter and cracker jack. So sooner or later, we'll, they're going to come around. They, they can't help themselves. Yeah. And we also got a story yesterday at Monster Mart up in Falk of a woman up there that's had a bang on her house and coming around and terrorizing her and the kids when her husband's out of town. Yeah, she said it's only when her husband's out of town it, it bangs on the house and you know. But it jiggled the door handles or something. Yeah, yeah. You sure she's just not flirting with y'all? 
I think she might, you know, she might be for Bobo. Them women love Bobo. She. Yeah, only when only when my my husband's out of town. Why don't you come over and check it out? That's what she said. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking. She was. Uh, she seemed sincere for sure. Yeah, she was pretty straight up. Her husband was actually there. I mean, he he's actually one that 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 told us to come over. So he was <laughs> yeah, I was just kidding anyway. Yeah, the guy's got to be pretty scary. He tells you to come over and take care of his wife when he's out of town, especially Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, now I'm thinking. I know you have that tent set up there, but um, uh, Pruitt told me, and that, uh, and I, I tested it out. Apparently, it's true. Thermal imagers can see through black plastic, like black garbage bags. Yeah. Maybe they, that is the next step, you know, like rebuild that tent of yours out there with that stuff. We were going to, but it gets so hot in there. If you have that up, there's no ventilation. So we left the screen up and just cut the flaps in the screen. Okay. Okay. But it's cool down there now. I mean, I didn't even think about doing it this time. I should have did it today. But, but it'll uh, blow in. It could blow it. It gets so windy. The thunderstorms blow through like there was tornadoes last night, 60 mile an hour gusts, and yeah, night before last. Well, that might be a long term project, like build a small, you know, like some sort of two by four frame or something, right. and leave it out there, and then cover it with black plastic. People won't. People probably just so it a shoot through any size plastic, or you need the a thin, thinnest, the thinnest thin. trash bag. You can take the thinnest trash bag you can get and cut it down the side so it folds open, like double, like right. it splits open, like a, you know, whatever, like a wallet opening up, and then you just tape them together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Test it out. Test it out with your therm and double check it. Um, yeah. Maybe even just, I'm sure you can buy like sheets of that stuff. Like, at, you know, I don't know, home, some hardware store or something. The sheets uh, are pretty thick. I checked it out too. The, the, the cheapest I could, the thinnest I could find was three mil, three millimeter. And it, it couldn't see very well. Yeah. That's that. pretty thick. The best thing to do is just go to the dollar store. Yeah. Cheap, cheap bag of trash yeah, the, bags. The man. cheapest trash bags you can buy, yeah. the better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that probably, yeah. That's probably best anyway. Just in case it does rip, you could repair it for practically nothing. Right. right. Yeah. But anyway, that, I want to plant that seed in case it might help you because that, how great would that be? Like, you know, uh, you, if you move or if you lift the flap flap on a tent up, there it's it's going to see, you know, and you're you're wow. at a disadvantage, right? No, how great would that flaps, be? Flaps are up and just we have little the screen materials cut out, like so the top's still attached, but the three the two sides and the bottoms cut out, so you can lift it up and stick the therm through it. Yeah, we've got uh, small holes cut. We can just stick the just stick it, the you know, the, the end of the therm through it. Okay. Okay. But they still see it, man. I I, I think they still see them. See us. To be honest with. You. Yeah. But nope. yeah, it gets so stifling hot. But we were, yeah, we were gonna build one of those trash bag houses last time, but it was so hot. It's just like there's no way we can sit inside. And it was, dude, we were dripping sweat sitting in that tent with it all ventilated. Well, winter's coming. You know, this was probably the best season for it. So. Winter is coming. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, oh, wow. out, when I had that happen last time out there, it, it was less than five minutes those guys left that they came in. So we're hoping for something similar tonight. Yeah, that's that's another good trick you can use too, though. Like if you think they're on to you or you think they're not showing themselves, one of y'all get up and leave. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to walk around a little bit too. There's an Indian graveyard down there. suppose if you go down there, they get mad. So we'll go down there too. <laughs> okay. 
Well, make sure you piss off a Bigfoot and not some uh, native ghost. That's uh, what I'm thinking. Danny, he's not going to go with me. I'm gotta, not going. I got to go down there by myself. Better safe than sorry, man. You've seen the coffin it's sticking a, out of the banks at that place. I don't need any ghosts following me home. No, no. Yeah, and, and they just like hang out in Bobo's carry-on while he flies home. So. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, man. Looks like you have a next couple nights of adventure looking at you in the face. Good for you guys. Yeah, well, yeah. hopefully we get some results this time and not a glitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, fantastic, man. Good luck oh, to both of you on that. Side note, today, so we recorded all night last night. The recorder said it was recording the audio. And Danny's like, what the hell? So he's playing it and it said card full. And he plays it. It's like a minute and 20 seconds. Yeah. He, he had bought, it was a 32 gigabyte card. It was a 32 megabyte card. And it just said 32 huge and tiny little letters that said MB instead of GB. Oh, so it, no. It was like one of those ripoff pages on the eBay. Right, right, right. So he got a 32 meg. <laughs> 32 well, no, kilobyte, sorry. It was a kilobyte card. A kilobyte? Yeah, 32 kilobytes. It had a minute, 20 seconds, of, and then it was full. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, I mean, that's that's half the memory of a Commodore 64. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they yeah. tripped me. Yeah, the 32 is in big, large letters. I said, yeah, no, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, that, that's some pretty crappy technology for 1982. Right. And we thought, <laughs> we thought for sure, like, we couldn't believe it and everything happened last night without happening, you know, because you do squatcher's luck. That's what happens. It would be best vocals ever. Yep. Yep. Or something. Well, have you fixed that situation? Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, and you know, I and I hate to like mother y'all and stuff like that, but be sure to test out your gear just a little tiny bit before you go out in the woods. Make sure you know how it, it's all working right and everything like that, man. We don't want any more, um, you know, Squatcher's luck and Murphy's law going on. That ain't no lie. But uh, Dan, I know I told you this clip, but Danny's right here. We tested that flare before it malfunctioned. We we knew it we knew it was messing up we knew it for three days we we tested it for ten minutes it worked we knew it wasn't getting the the you know the information I I don't know it, it that was crazy it, we didn't no we didn't no no the third day we didn't go through all the clips we just saw the clips were there we didn't we watched some of them to see that and then after we found out that we missed the real footage this big one. We went back and looked at the older clips, and some of them that said they were real long were super short. Like we, but we we didn't watch all like 15 hours of therm clips to make sure it was all there before we before the night of the the big one. No, but I knew by looking at you know I don't know about all this GB KB all this, but I knew by looking at the data bar data bar that. It just didn't. The numbers didn't add up by the time you know the, from the time we have spent out there. It just it it was just messed up from the start. We, we tried it with four. We tried it with four different cars, three different brands, and it still was. We 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 tried, Cliff. We we should have got it. We did our. It just I don't. We don't know what happened. We, I have no. I can, still can't explain what happened. That well, it's night. a glitch in the that unit. Bart sent his back because of that. The same exact thing. Well, then there's that whole Bigfoot thing, you know? I mean, I don't necessarily believe that they affect electronics at all, but I do know a couple of reliable people who have had weird things happen. So more data is needed before I go over on that side of the fence, but my mind is open. 
I think it was an engineering problem. I don't think it was any Bigfoot related, but yeah, me too. It was just yeah. more Bobo, more Bobo driven than Squatch driven this time. Well, a cloud of chaos does follow you around, Bobo. <laughs> a lot of you time. Know? Yeah, you're the. You're, I often say, man, that they, uh, you, you are the luckiest person I've ever met in my life. Uh, but the thing is, luck runs in two flavors, good and bad. You know, and you are uh, b- blessed and bestowed with both. Exactly. Yeah, you're the guy that's going to find, you know, $500 and then lose it at the next off ramp. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know him well. <laughs> Bubs is one of my best friends. I've known him a long time. Every road trip is something I realize I'm taking my own life in my hands when I go on. <laughs> So kudos to you, Danny, for being brave enough to go out with Bobs for a couple nights, especially on the water. But oh, he is good yeah, on the water. No doubt. No doubt. We had a little of this. Oh, oh God. God. Okay. Let me tell you what happened. We missed, we missed, that's one thing we missed on audio. So we're we're coming back. We're cold, dude. And it's, it's freezing. It was freezing. And the we had about a two-mile-an-hour current, okay, maybe three. And it was okay going up. But coming back, we was kind of running a little you know, a little hot coming in. So I was coming in on trolling motor because it was real shallow and uh, the big motor kept dragging. So I, I was, had the trolling motor down and I had it, you know, pretty high off the, off the uh, water. And all of a sudden, you know, I'd warned Bobo a couple of times, uh, stumps, I see stumps, but it was so foggy. I, I could barely see them. And I'd hit a stump here and there, but they would hang on him and uh, Owen, the college kid was in the back of the boat. So, all of a sudden, I look down, and I'm going about three miles an hour, which don't sound fast until you come to a dead stop. I hit this small stump, and I hear, kaboom, kaboom. And I did not want to look back. I look back, and both of them are laying on the freaking floor. I mean, they, they took a pretty hard fall. Well, it's I, like a two-foot drop into the cockpit area. Oh, yeah, and it's a metal boat. It wasn't no carpet. It's a metal boat, so... Yeah, he took a. I, I did. I expected. I I was scared to ask, but I was expecting to take Bobo to the hospital because they hit hard. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a sight. It would have been funny. It would have been funny audio. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and you you said only about three miles an hour, but people go, oh, that's nothing. But imagine imagine walking at a pretty good pace into a wall. That's what you guys did, basically, because, you know, walking yeah, was three to five miles an hour. I was going a lot faster than three miles an hour when I hit the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul would have stopped him. He, nothing stopped him except the bottom of the boat. <laughs> it's a good thing you have to take him to the hospital, man. Indonesia's a long ways away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd still be cheaper than going here. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. All right. We're going to go ahead tonight. Yeah, man. Good luck out there, man. I wish I was with you. I, I love Louisiana when we're there uh, for finding Bigfoot. I love that area of the country in general. Um, and I love me some DuPonts too, man. You guys are a great family and we're so kind and generous and just welcoming to us. So thanks a lot for being on the um, episode and good luck tonight, guys. Thanks. We'll, All right. we'll go get a, do a drive through Daiquiri store for you and have one in your honor. <laughs> Very good. That's the last thing I remember in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, gentlemen, you have a good night. Take it easy, Later, Danny. Bye-bye. All right, guys. I just let Danny and Bobo go. They are off to go squatching right now, hot on the trail. 
the witness um, texted Danny as we were hanging up the phone to say that she just now got vocalizations on the property that's only four miles away from where they're going. So I cannot wait to find out what happens. Hopefully, Bobes will give me a call tomorrow and let me know. But um, I'm sure you guys are all excited as I am. But for now, thanks a lot for tuning in to Bigfoot and Beyond with Cliff and Bobo. Be sure to subscribe and like and comment and spread the news. You know, phone the neighbors, wake the kids, let them know about the podcast. And until we catch you next time, keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 